0: If you haven't been to a conference, I definitely recommend you going. It's a week long and you'll definitely leave feeling closer to God and and God will give you something every single time you go. Well, as we're here, we might as well read the word of God while we're here, right? Um, I don't have that many notes. I didn't prepare too many jokes ahead of time. So we're going to just get into the word. I believe that God is going to speak to us this evening through his word. No matter how many notes I could prepare it doesn't mean anything if, unless God is moving and God is speaking in this place so if you're taking notes the title of the message today is a different kind of peace and how many of us know that in these times that we're living in it's easy to stress it's easy to worry it's easy to doubt especially when you don't know what's gonna happen from one day to the next I know a lot of us if we looked back eight months ago we probably wouldn't imagine what was gonna happen later. And it's easy as a Christian to be like, I know when I first got saved, I felt like, okay, I'm saved now. Now there's not really gonna be that many problems or that many issues, or I pray about something and, and everything's just gonna just be better in my own eyes. And it doesn't really work like that because we live in a real world. But I just wanna go into deeper of the definition of peace from the Bible's point of view. So if we go to get to the right verse, please. Let's go to Philippians chapter four. Philippians chapter four, verse seven, and it says, And the peace of God which surpasses all understanding will guard your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. So as we look deeper into that, it says in the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. So as we look at peace, this is this is something that goes for the unbeliever. It goes for for the believer also, because it's it's a thing that as a Christian, many Christians struggle with walking in peace, walking in God's peace, living a life that shows that we believe that God's peace surpasses all understanding. I know when I was in the world before I got saved, I thought peace meant a life without troubles. When there's no stress, that's when I was at peace. And if I didn't, if I had stress or I had problems back when I was in the world, I'd, I'd go to the club, I'd go drink, I'd go do this. I'd try to fill that void with anything I could. And it wasn't until God grabbed a hold of me and he, and he showed me that's, that's not peace. That peace goes away. And there's many people in this world today that are, looking for relationships, looking for different things, trying to find peace in that, and it's never going to fulfill them, ever. And in my life, I know there's a time where I grew up, I played basketball in high school, college a little bit after that, and, and that was almost like my identity. When things went well with that, I was in a good mood. If things didn't go my way, I'd get frustrated. And it wasn't until just situation after situation that God was trying to grab a hold of me. And during that time when God is trying to grab a hold of you, sometimes you, you have the least amount of peace. I remember there was a time I was in Florida. I was playing for a team, a semi-pro team in Florida, and things started off going well. And then next thing you know, things got a little shaky, and I was like, I don't know what I got myself into. And then at the time, I had a call from a team that wanted me to go play overseas. So I was like, okay, there's light at the end of the tunnel. This is God doing something. And mind you, I wasn't saved at the time. And just because you pray doesn't mean you're saved. And I prayed and I was like, okay, God, this is is a sign. This is a sign. So I talked to the coach and he was like, hey, you got about 10 days. We're going to fly you out. We're going to get your work visa. We're going to do this and we're going to do that. And I just remembered I was so excited. And then the days passed and I never heard from the guy again, ever. And now I just sunk to a lower place it was like man I I felt like God was trying to get me out of a bad situation and bring me to a better situation and then now all of a sudden I don't hear anything and it just showed me that as I look back on that situation that's still looking at through a worldly view like our peace has nothing to do with the circumstances or situations around us and I believe that by the time we leave here tonight we'll get a better understanding of that so our main verses that we're going to look at is in 2nd Kings. If you can get there, we're going to be in 2nd Kings chapter 6. Say amen when you get there. Dear Lord Jesus, I pray that you will just arrest our minds, Lord God. Let us not to think about anything else, Lord Jesus, but to focus on your word, Lord God. I know it's not by chance that we're in this place this evening. Lord God, you have a word for each and every one of us, Lord God, to walk in your peace, to walk in victory, Lord God. No matter what the enemy may throw at us, Lord Jesus, as long as we have you and you are in control of our thoughts and our minds, we cannot fail. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. So as we go to 2 Kings chapter 6... We'll start in, in verse 13, just giving a background of this story. Um, the King of Syria was looking to attack Israel at the time. He was trying to come up with so many plans and so many strategies, how he could just get rid of Israel. And every time he came up with something, it was like somebody heard his plans beforehand and the prophet Elisha, he would get revelation from the Lord of the King of Syria is going to try to attack this way or this way. So his plans never worked. So going into verse 13, it says, So he said, go see where he is. This is the king of, of Syria looking to attack Israel. So he's looking for Elisha the prophet. He says, so he said, go and see where he is that I might send and get him. And it was told him saying, surely he's in Dothan. Therefore he sent horses and chariots and a great army there. And he came by night and surrounded the city. And when the servant of the man of God arose early and went out, there was an army surrounding the city with horses and chariots and his servant said to him alas my master what shall we do so looking at this situation it's the prophet elisha he's obviously a man of faith and he has a servant who's who's working with him almost like an understudy and he's like well god is provided and and the, this king is really mad at Israel and he's coming to attack us and, he, and he's he's listened to everything Elisha has to say until he's faced with the problem at his doorstep and now that they're surrounded now now the servant is worried and he's going to Elisha and he says so Elisha answers do not fear for those who are with us are more than those who are with them and in this situation it's easy to view problems or stress or struggles and, and, and just look at it in our natural eyes. And that's why the Bible tells us that we walk by faith and not by sight. It's so easy to look at our problems or look at a situation and be like, how am I going to come out of this? Where I, don't, I don't see light at the end of the tunnel. And it's easy to forget that we're walking with God. We have God that, that's leading us. And there's no situation, there's no problem that's too big. And so Elisha says, he gets to the place where he tells him to not fear. He said that there's more with us than that are with them. He said, Lord, I pray, open his eyes that he may see. Then the Lord opened the eyes of the young man and he saw. And behold, the mountains was full of horses and chariots of fire all around Elisha. And how many times are we going through a battle or a situation? And it's like if we just got into God's word and just read his promises how much easier would it be to see the full picture? How much easier would it be to, when we want to stress or when we come up with a situation that how easy we forget that there's no weapon formed against us that can prosper? Like those verses are verses that don't apply once in your life. Those are everlasting promises of God and it's so easy to let our problems overwhelm us and not remember who the problem solver is. As we look at we'll go to Romans 12:2 you can still stay there for the sake of time Romans 12:2 it says and do not be conformed to this world but be transformed by the renewing of your mind that you may prove what is good and acceptable and perfect will of God so to be able to have an understanding of these situations it takes discernment so it's, it's, not, it's not good enough just to say, hey, God, I know you can do it. I know you can do this. We have to really be seeking him, and we have to pray for discernment. Because we can't just walk outside and, and know that, okay, everything's going to be all right. Yes, we trust God, and yes, we believe, and we know everything's going to be all right, but we have to be seeking him in prayer. And with that prayer, he's going to give us discernment. He's going to give us ways to see how he's moving, and how he's going to get us out of different situations. So as we continue in verse 18, it says, So when the Syrians came down to him, Elisha prayed to the Lord and said, Strike this people, I pray, with blindness. And he struck them with blindness, according to the word of Elisha. Now Elisha said to them, This is not the way, nor is the city. Follow me, and I will bring you to the man whom you seek. But he led them to Samaria so as we look at this situation, Elisha was never worried. He was never worried. He actually, instead of praying, God, can you make a way? These people are against us. He prayed for his servant that was around him saying, Lord, open his eyes because I already see. Elisha was already in the spirit. Elisha was already in prayer. Elisha was already in fasting. He wasn't caught off guard by the situation. And how many of us in our lives and maybe we're all saved in this place, maybe we're not. But those of us who have friends and family who aren't saved and they see a situation going on and, and it's a perfect opportunity for us to be like, Lord, please open their eyes, open their eyes to see that you're with them. But instead, sometimes as Christians, we're the ones worrying, too. We're the ones on the phone complaining and, and gossiping or asking for help instead of our friends and family are looking around us like, Let's see if they really have that peace that they always talk about. Let's see if they really have that peace that they always pray about. And Elisha was ready. He was prepared. He said, Lord, open his eyes. And it's so amazing how powerful God is that the enemy doesn't doesn't know everything. And as we look at this, this story and we look at it a little deeper, every single time the king was going to attack Israel, Elisha got the word from God and he found a way out of it. So just like the enemy, the king of Israel, he wasn't going to stop after one or two tries. He tried again. He said, you know what? Hey, I know where Elisha lives. He's going to be in Dothan. Let's, let's go attack him there. And it's so easy to get to the point. Elisha could have been like, oh, now, now he got me. Now I don't know if God's going to get me out of this one. But we don't serve a God that can do something yesterday and can't do it tomorrow. We serve an everlasting God. And not only in that, we see that. When the enemy thinks he's so smart, God shows that he's smarter. So not only did the king of Syria bring all his men down to attack and and kill Elisha, he used that same Elisha that they were going to attack to lead them astray. So when the Bible says in verse 18, it says, So when the Syrians came down to him, Elisha prayed and said, Strike this people, I pray, with blindness. And I did a little extra studying on, on the word blindness. It says in the Hebrew that it's, it can be translated as dazzled or confused or like an animal who sees a bright light. So, so they weren't necessarily literally blind, but they were confused. And they didn't even realize the man that they sought after, Elisha, was the same man that was leading them. So it says, and they were struck with blindness according to the word of Elisha. And now Elisha said to them, this is not the way, nor is the city follow me. God can make situations or people who maybe have negative things to say about you or or question or causing problems, God can make those same people that are trying to attack you be used for you to lead them. Like no matter what the enemy might try to throw at us and in his strategies, they're, they're nothing to the power of God. So it says, Now Elisha said to them, This is not the way, nor is the city. Follow me, and I will bring you to the man whom you seek. But he led them to Samaria. So it was, when they had come to Samaria, and Elisha said, Lord, open the eyes of these men, that they may see. And the Lord opened their eyes, and they saw. And there they were inside Samaria. So God did a mighty work through Elisha. The the king thought he could outwit Elisha, but God shows that he was greater. you can move with me we'll go to John we'll be in chapter 14 Pastor Kirk said by the time we get out of here you'll be able to make it home and catch pastor on YouTube so we're going to stick with that one We're gonna stick with that one. I don't have a eight hour message planned. So we'll look into John chapter fourteen. In verse twenty five. these are Jesus' words. It says, The things I have spoken to you while being present with you, but the Helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all things and bring you to remembrance all things that I said to you. And a lot of us, we know this this next verse, it says, Peace I leave with you, my peace I give to you, not as the world gives do I give to you. Let not your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid. And one thing you may not know about this verse is, this was Jesus' last night before he was going to be arrested and, and later crucified. So he knew what was coming. He knew what the next day was going to hold, but he was still telling his disciples, don't be afraid. Don't fear. So if we come in, in a situation and that same guy that's saying, hey, you know what? I'm going to be crucified tomorrow. I'm going to give my life. I'm going to have the worst, most painful death in human history. But I'm telling you, have peace. I'm telling you that that I'm the peace that surpasses all understanding. When we're faced with an issue, those should be the things we remember. It shouldn't be, oh, man, how am I going to get out of this? Another bill or or my kids acting up or this or this and that. We serve a God who died for us so we could have that peace. He said, you have heard me say to you, I'm going away and coming back to you. If you love me, you would rejoice because I said I'm going to the Father for my Father is greater than I. And now I have told you before it comes That when it does come to pass you may believe I will no longer talk with you For the ruler of the world is coming And he has nothing in me We'll finish up in John chapter 15 And beginning in verse 11 as we Begin to close Jesus' words It says the things I have spoken to you That my joy may remain in you and that your joy may be full. You see, the, these, are, these aren't just words in red. These are, these are words that we should live by. These are verses that we should read weekly, if not daily. Like, Jesus never promised us a life that was just going to be free of problems. But he did say, the things I've spoken to you that my joy may remain in you. He never said my joy will remain in you when things are going well in your life my joy will remain in you whenever you get what you want he didn't say that he just flat out said my joy may remain in you that your joy may be full so if we're in a place and and I know there's times where we have things are going well and we can be up and we can be down but Jesus says that your joy may be full he's not he's not wanting us to walk in half joy he's not wanting us to walk on empty Jesus called for our joy to be full. This is the same Jesus who's saying, hey, things are going to get worse. I'm going to the cross to die, but guess what? I'm coming back. And your joy should remain full in me. He says, this is my commandment, that you love one another as I have loved you. He says, greater love has no one than this, than to lay down one's life for his friends. You are my friends if you do whatever I command you. No longer do I... Call you servants for a servant does not know what his master is doing, but I have called you friends for all things that I've heard from my father. I have made known to you. So as we look at that and and we think about God's peace, God's not just a, a big God way up in the sky that we can never reach out to. He's a God that when we pray, he hears us. When we call out to him, when we cry out to him and we get in our secret place, he hears us. And he doesn't, he's not only just, just a father, he's a friend. And how many of us, being earthly people, we make mistakes, we're not perfect, we're trying to walk with Jesus. But we, but we would still, if we had a friend in need, we would try to comfort them, we would try to say words of encouragement, we would try to pray for them. How much more do you think God would do for us? He's that same God that says, I'm, you're not just a servant to me. You're not just people I died for, you're, you're my friends. You're my friends and I'm preparing a place for you no matter what you're going through, no matter what situation you may be in, he's a friend. And it's a thing where it's so easy, the devil tries so many ways, so many things to, to, to distract us and forget that the God we serve is a friend. How can we not walk in peace when we know that the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords is a friend? He's a provider. He's holy. He's just. I know later on in that, in that story I was telling about um, before I got saved, I got to a point where I was trying everything to fill that void and everything I tried to do would always fall apart, fall apart, fall apart, fall apart. And it got to the point where I, got, I was depressed and I got into a depression and, and nothing made sense. I felt like everybody was disappointed in me. I felt like everybody just looked down on me. Even though obviously looking back on it now, that wasn't the case, but that's what the enemy wants to do. And it wasn't until I was at this church, obviously at at the other building, when I heard God speak to me, and he was saying that he'll forgive me, but I I just have to give him everything. And he was like, give me everything, give me everything. And there were so many times where even in college or in times past, I knew I wasn't living right. And I'd pray, I'd listen to worship music, but then two days later, I'd go back to doing my old, my old thing with no remorse. But it wasn't until I accepted that peace and I accepted Jesus not only as my Lord and Savior, but got a better understanding because I, I grew up in church. I knew he died on the cross. I knew all that stuff, but I didn't understand the, the personal relationship. And when you truly grasp the personal relationship, we shouldn't be moved to the left or to the right just because problems come. Like if there was ever a situation, if a situation happened with me and my wife, we could talk about it and we would talk about it. We'd resolve the issue and we'd keep it moving. But why don't we act the same way and have that same communication with God? Because he has more power than any spouse could have. He has more power than any friend could have. He truly changes lives. And if you've seen him change your life in one way or the other, why do we still not have peace at times? And even if we have a situation where, okay, I'm walking in peace, but if we see a brother or sister who's not walking in peace, we need to encourage them. And we need to encourage them. We need to share the same verses that got us out of a situation. Like God's thoughts are higher than our thoughts, His ways are higher than our ways, but we got to get to the point where we're truly walking in that and believing in it. And it's not just me preaching to the crowd, I'm preaching to myself too, because we know that. Times are crazy, and times will probably get crazier the closer and closer we get to the election, regardless of who wins. But God didn't say, hey, when things get crazy and when politics is crazy and viruses happen, hey, you guys are on your own. There's, there's no verse that, that says that. This is the same God who was, came down and was ready to die, was going to die, and said, you guys have peace. He didn't, he didn't say... Hey, I have peace. I know where I'm going. I know what's about to happen. But he said to us, have peace. I've overcome the world. There's nothing to be afraid of. So as we go to the Lord in prayer, let's keep that in mind, that peace, a different kind of peace. Dear Lord Jesus, we just thank you that you are in this place tonight, Lord God. We thank you for your peace that surpasses all understanding, Lord Jesus. We thank you that you are holy. We thank you that you are merciful, Lord God. And we thank you for your grace, Lord God because without it, we'd have no hope. Lord God, you saved us. Lord God, you loved us when we were not lovable, Lord Jesus. And you changed us, Lord God. We thank you that you held no grudges of our past, Lord Jesus, that while we were yet sinners, you still died for us. And we thank you for that, Lord God. And I just pray over this church, Lord God, I pray that if there's anybody in this place that doesn't know you, Lord God, that they will get the opportunity to accept you as their Lord and Savior when if every head bowed and every eyes closed in this place. I just want to ask a question tonight. Have you you ever given your lives to Jesus? And I don't mean in a, hey, I got baptized, or yeah, I, I know about Jesus. I grew up going to Sunday school. But if he was to come back tonight, would you be ready? If he was to come back tonight, could you honestly say, I have given my life to Jesus. Or maybe you're in this place and and you know about Jesus. I was that person for over 20 years, I knew about Jesus, but I never knew about the peace that surpasses all understanding because I never had a personal relationship with him. And tonight, this is an open invitation that if you haven't given your life to Jesus, if you've never experienced that peace, tonight is your night. And with every head bowed and every eye closed, if, if that's you, if you're, if you're hearing that and, and the Lord is tugging on your heart and you're saying, that's me, I want to have a relationship with Jesus. If you could just slip up your hand right now, nobody's looking, nobody's watching. God bless you, I see that hand, is there any more? God bless you, I see that hand, is there any more? Jesus knows that each and every one of your lives in this place is precious to him. He gave his life, he shed his blood, that we would walk in peace. He didn't just do it so we would get by in life. The verse said that he wanted our joy to be full. And if our joy is full, it's full in him. It's not full in worldly things. It's not full in the things we want. But God can change our desires. God can change our lives. We we serve a mighty God that nothing is impossible for him. Nothing is impossible for him. If I, if I passed the microphone to many people in this place and you heard the testimonies of how God has changed people, you would be amazed. You would be blown away by the mercy of God. And maybe you're in this place and you knew the Lord, you gave your life to Jesus at one point in time, but you got caught up in the world and bad habits started to come and you and you know that you're you're distant from God right now but you want to come back home tonight is your night with that being said I just want everyone to stand please and if when we were praying and and God was tugging at you, and, you, and you, you know, you know, I'm not right with Jesus. I, I, want, I, want, I want to experience that peace. I want to give my life to him. If that's you, I'd, I'd like to ask you to be bold and step out of the nearest aisle and, and come forward. I'd like to pray for you. Don't be ashamed. There were hands that went up. This isn't to embarrass you. It's not to embarrass you. Amen. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. See, anything Anything is possible for God. And before we go to pray, I just, just want everybody to know God doesn't do things by accident. I knew our pastor, Pastor Blake, for for two years, I believe, before I even knew he was a pastor, before I got saved, we used to go to the same 24-hour fitness, and I'd be acting a fool, yelling, cussing, kicking basketballs, and one day he invited me to church. So I told him I was going to go, and, and I had so much stuff going on, I, I was too frustrated. I didn't go, and he asked me how it went, and I said I didn't go. I didn't want to fake it. So the next Sunday, he invited me again, and I came out. Saw him by the front of the door. We we shook hands. It was good to see him. And then as the service began to go on, I realized he wasn't just a greeter. (laughs) He was the pastor. But he never never judged me during that time. He prayed for me. And this is such an amazing place that even when I got saved, it wasn't like that's the end of it. Like our church believes it shows reach, teach, and send. I know before it used to say it's the same concept, but evangelism, discipleship, and and church planning. And and when I got saved, I had the opportunity to be discipled. We have men's discipleship every Friday morning, super early at 530. But I know if it wasn't for learning how to really seek God and, and trust him and read his word in those times of discipleships, there's no way I'd be here. So let's all bow our head and go to the Lord in prayer. Repeat after me. Dear Lord Jesus, I thank you tonight that you are in this place. Forgive me of all of my sin. Make me a new creation. Tonight I wanna confess that you are Lord and that you died on the cross for my sins. From this day forward, I choose to serve you. Lead me, Lord, into your will. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen, amen.